Hey man, I feel in my spirit burdened to talk to you about a topic, and uh, we're going to start uh, reading tonight in Ezra chapter three. If you'll if you'll remain standing for just a few moments as I read this text, Ezra chapter three, starting with verse eight. Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem. In the second month began Jerubabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak. And the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Kadesh, Kadmiel, and his sons, the sons of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hinnadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, the symbols with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off and I'll turn to Psalms 150 praise ye the Lord praise God in his sanctuary praise him in the firmament of his power praise him for his mighty acts praise him according to his excellent greatness praise him with the sound of the trumpet Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Tonight I'd like to speak to you from the thought, what does our praise speak? Let our praise speak hallelujah let's go before the lord tonight and ask him to speak to us tonight to let the word that is about to go forth find root in our heart and and to change us tonight dear god we give you praise and we give you thanks oh god that you're here and that you're among us we give you thanks tonight that you have given us a voice lord a voice that can speak from experience a voice god that speaks from testimony when we say praise 
the Lord. Lord, we give you thanks tonight, God, for every moment, Lord, that you've been with us. And we ask you tonight that you would let your word transform us. We ask you tonight that your word would be a seed planted in our heart. Lord, that you would change the way we think about some things. Lord, that you would bring us into deeper dimensions of praise and worship and understanding. Lord, that you would bring us closer, God, closer to you, closer and closer and closer to you. Lord, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. So, in thinking about the sermon tonight, I had originally given it a title, and I told Sister Shayla what the title was, and then in just a moment it slipped my mind. And, uh, and sometimes that happens. But uh, the, the, what I, the, the thought that I want to communicate tonight is praise that speaks. Praise that speaks. Have you ever heard that actions speak louder than words? Sometimes I think that's true. I'm not sold on the fact that it's a universal law. But actions certainly have a way of communicating deep metaphysical truths and convictions. And metaphysical, it's a word meaning things not tangible or physical. You know, love is not something that I can necessarily hold with my hand. Loyalty is not something that I can necessarily lay hold of. Or thankfulness. And the list goes on. These are things that are not physical in nature, but they exist in thought and feeling, and they are true things. In the, in the 150th chapter of the Psalter, we see action being paired with words. However, I would posit the words, praise ye the Lord, are not merely being trumpeted by the mouth, but also spoken through other various means of praise. What deep truth of God's might is proclaimed in the clanging of the cymbals? Perhaps one would be inclined to consider the jarring effect the crashing of a cymbal has on an individual. I thought about having somebody bring a cymbal up here and crashing it real loud, but I didn't want to scare anybody or have anyone leap out of their seat. But it would be jarring, and sometimes that's the way the Spirit of the Lord is. He moves in so powerfully. So miraculously that it's almost stunning. You can't help but notice the power of God. I would say that jarring is a good way to describe it. But you see, praise speaks a message about something deep that is otherwise hard to name or to express. Praise, in other words, is a method of communication. The way I praise God can speak to Him what I am feeling and what I am thinking. For me, this is where praise and worship merge into one another. I understand my praise is saying something to God, and through this understanding, I take opportunity to praise God as a moment to invest from my heart. If our hearts can get more engaged, in every moment we praise, by understanding that our praise is speaking, it will lead us into greater worship. 
This is where we can speak what cannot be uttered from the depths of our hearts through the communication style of praise. There are some feelings that are just so deep. So, some thoughts that are just so deep that they cannot be uttered by the mouth. And the only way that they can come out is if we praise God. Is if we give Him a jump or if we give Him a shout or if we get, if we get involved and invested into the move and the power of God. You see, praise without worship is only half of what praise could be in your life. Praise without worship is like a one-way conversation in prayer where you're doing all the talking. But praise mixed with worship will get you connected with God. True worship, the Bible says, is done in spirit and in truth. When my praise mingles with my true worship, it takes on a whole new dimension. All the commenters I've read spoke about praise being, being something people did for what God has done. And worship being the act of losing oneself to the adoration of God. But the dimension of true worship connected with praise is more like losing oneself in adoration to what God has done. Losing oneself in adoration to what God has done. We're singing about the Lord making a way for us. We're singing about meeting the Christians of all ages gathered around the throne. And I can't help but just adore the Lord for what He's done. And something inside me just wants to get loose and say, Praise God! True worship. True worship. And that kind of praise... That kind of worship, when praise and true worship, or praise and worship mingle, that kind of praise, it speaks. It speaks. We read Ezra 3 and 8. Now in the second year of their coming into the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month began Jerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests, and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity, say they were captives. They were captives unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. In other words, these people were captives, and when they got back to Jerusalem, they had some work to do. There were there was some things that it was going to take for them to get the house built back up. See that was this was not a first time in the first time in history in the history of Israel that work was going to be required. For Israel building the temple was desperately important. Without the temple there would be no way for them to sacrifice and push their sins forward for another year. They would not they could not be a nation and God could not visit them in the holy of holies. You see the holy of holies was the place it was the locale for the Israelites. It was the place where God came down and visited them. For Israel, if there was no place for God to, 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 to visit them, to rest. See, God, in the, in the way that the temple worked, God came and in, in his, his presence, the locale of His presence, rested upon the mercy seat. And so if there's no holy of holies, there's no, there's no place to put the Ark of the Covenant. And if there's no place to put in the, Ar the Ark of the Covenant, God is not with Israel. 
His express presence cannot be in their midst. You see, these individuals were among those who were held as captives, without a home, without forgiveness, and without a place to meet their God. So when they finally got back to Jerusalem, they had one thing on their mind. It's time to meet with God. It's time to meet with God. And sometimes I think it's too easy to lose to lose the memory of what it was like to be a captive. Sometimes it's too easy to lose the memory of that captivity. Of what it was like to not have that freedom. Of what it was like to not have the, the presence of God near to us. So then it just makes things... The work becomes slower. We lose sight of it. Something happens maybe with our praise. And so because something happens with our praise, I wonder if we lose track of the thought or the idea or the, uh, the inspiration or the driving force that says it's time to meet with God. Without that mindset, without, that, without, that, without the moving or driving force of that thought, it's time to meet with God. So many things can lose focus. And I can't lose that mindset. Every time I come into church, I want to remember, God, you brought me from so much. Oh God, thank you for letting me know what your presence is like. Thank you, Lord, for what my eyes have been able to witness, so Jesus. I am blessed, Lord. In every moment I am coming to meet you in your presence, Lord. I'm going to have that thought. It's time to really meet with God. Sure, Israel had some work to do in order to prepare a place for God in the Holy of Holies. But sometimes, friend, that's, that's exactly what it takes. It takes some work. Sometimes it takes work to enter into the holy places of God. Sometimes our praise, our praise has to say, God, it feels like I've been working my fingers to the bone. But I'm going to keep working through the act of praise. Because you're worthy. Because you're worthy. If you feel like that tonight, just give Him a hand clap of praise. Because you're worthy, God. Because you're worthy, God. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. We know all too well what it's like to be captives with no home. But, we've been, but we have been welcomed into our king's house. We know all too well what it's like to feel the weight of sin. But, but, but the blood of Jesus washed us white as snow. We know all too well. We know all too well. What it's like to feel far from God. Even though we never left his thoughts. As he waited for us to come home. Nevertheless. We press on. We press on. Hebrews 11.6 says. But without faith. It is impossible to please him. But let me tell you for a second. A little bit about my personal experience. With having to work into the holy of holies. Into the holy places of God. When I was a young, when I was a young person, 
maybe there's a lot of different ways God begins developing people. Maybe he started developing you different. Maybe he started developing your friends different. I don't know. But God met with me in praise. That's where, God, well, that's, that's where I really met with God in a powerful way. I met with God in praise. And it wasn't always easy. I was kind, sometimes it seemed scary. Sometimes it was out of my comfort zone to give God the praise he was asking for. But that, what I just said, is the key. He was asking for praise. And I noticed it. I said, God, you're asking for praise. I can feel you drawing me into this praise. But I'm a little bit afraid, God. He said, come on. And this is just my internal thoughts. Come on, son. Come on and praise me. And I said, all right, God. And I began to learn the voice of God as I began to respond to him. As I said, okay, God, it feels strange at first, but Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to work at it. I don't, some, I'm going to mess up and I'm going to feel, sometimes I'm just going to feel kind of strange. But God, if you're asking me to do it, if you're asking me to praise you, I have a lot to praise you about and I'm not going to withhold. I'm going to praise you, Lord. I'm not going to withhold. I'm not going to hold back. If God ask, is asking me to praise Him, I'm going to praise Him. And if I have to work at learning the voice of God, and I, if I have to work at what it means to praise, if I have to work at what it means to bring my praise and my worship together, then I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Even if it feels strange or even if it feels... I don't know. I don't know what, what can hinder, uh, what hinders everyone. I know my hindrances, but my hindrances might not be your hindrances. But all of us have a hindrance. And if we'll just take a step beyond that hindrance and say, God, I'm just going to please you because you're worthy. We'll see God break in and break through. Hallelujah. And uh, the, the scripture I was about to read, the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes, friend, it's going to take some work at times to enter into those holy places. But don't forget that your work, your praise is speaking. Your praise tonight, my praise tonight, hey, it's speaking. Maybe you want to know who it's speaking to. Well, a good answer to who it's speaking to is in Ezra uh, 3 9. Let's, uh, we can look at it, but I'm just going to read it. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his, somebody say it, sons, the sons of Judah, together to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hin Hinadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. It's speaking to all those generations who are gathered around. My praise, what it means for me to step through the uncomfortable, what it means for me to step through and surrender, that's going to speak to some generations other than just what's speaking to my heart. It's going to speak to my friend. It's going to speak to uh, my son. It's going to speak to the daughter. It's going to speak to the husband. It's going to speak to generations upon generations. And that's where faith is built. That's where faith is built. In verse 9, the building of the temple was not something that was done alone. It was a multi-generational pursuit. Don't ever let it leave your mind that someone is watching and hearing what your praise is saying. Every time I set my heart 
to enter into the holy places of God, there is someone watching how I work. How, how hard I work. How serious I am when I work. And if my conviction isn't convincing, I fear my praise will have spoken that God's redemption has not been enough for me to surrender my all to Him in praise. I fear my praise will have spoken that God's redemption has not been enough for me to surrender my all. I remember my grandpa as a young man. He, uh, my grandpa, my grandpa Baird, he's not with us anymore. He, uh, man, he left a lot of life lessons for me. Some stuff I'm still chewing on today. Good wisdom is stuff that you, that you chew on for a lifetime. Yeah. And uh, I'm still chewing on some of that wisdom. But I remember grandpa... 90s, 92 years old. You know, Grandpa never lost his praise. There's a song I think about that. But, you know, Grandpa, we saw him in his 90s lifting his hands, clapping. I think because his hearing aid maybe might have been busted a few times. His, his beat wasn't always on, but hey. Hey, man, precious memories. He'd just clap his heart out. 92 years old, suffering from health problems. Grandpa felt the Lord move him one day and he took off running. Well, I shouldn't say running, it was a shuffle. (laughs) He shuffled around the church and it was precious. Talk about some praise speaking to me. Grandpa's praise spoke to me. Some of our praise here tonight that I see speaks to me. Brother Lonnie, your praise speaks to me. Brother Haltman, Brother Pate, your praise speaks to me. All of you, your praise speaks to me. Revelations 12.11, it says, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. I needed to hear Grandpa's testimony in his praise. All he could do was that slow shuffle at the age of 92. But his best, it was enough. That moment it took for him to shuffle around the church said more to me than any conversation I think we may have ever had. Because you see, I saw what it meant for an old man to have freedom from the terrors of war. By the grace of God. Words that he could not utter with his mouth. He was set free. I saw what it was, what it was for a man who saw things. Even Hollywood could not adequately depict. Have freedom in his eyes. And hope in his heart for eternity. Such things are too deep for words to make utterances toward. But praise. He communicates it well. In the word of testimony, praise shares is vital for every generation to hold and grow from. The knowledge from one generation informed the next. 
We need the testimony manifested in the praise. We need the, the we need the the testimony manifested in our praise. Somebody, we need it manifested in our praise. Let the work God did in your life be incarnated. Let it be incarnated in your praise. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I'm getting worked up. But, man, I remember, you know, just, just having that experience of seeing what God freed Grandpa from. Knowing the power and the freedom of God in my life. Man, freedom just gets incarnated in what I do. It gets, it gets involved and manifested when I clap my hands. It gets manifested when I shout. It gets manifested when I take a lap. It gets manifested when I jump for joy. It gets manifested when I give a dance to the Lord. It gets manifested. Hallelujah. See, praise that speaks, it shares the testimony. Praise that speaks, shares the testimony of where we've been and what God's brought us through. It shares the testimony of what we know God is capable of doing. What we've seen Him do. And what did the Bible say? We are going to be overcomers. See, we're investing something into the children, to generations, that will help them also be overcomers. Ezra 3.10 And when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. Something else interesting about this story is that the people, or the priests, well, they came ready. They had some, they had some expectation. They had their garments on, they had their instruments, they had everything prepared. They were responding to an ordinance. There's something very important we need to hear in this verse. Expectation is important. When Jesus came walking down the road for, for blind Bartimaeus or the woman who touched the hem of his garment, there was some serious conviction, determination, faith. The Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But did you know that faith is the channel through which we receive God's grace? Faith is the channel through which we receive God's grace. Grace being the unmerited favor of God toward man. The word expresses salvation as an undeserved, unearned blessing that God bestows freely. It is God's free work in man that only he can do. Ephesians, in Ephesians it says, For by grace are you saved, what through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So if my faith is the channel through which grace flows through, the faith that stirred in us to hope in the power of the blood of Christ to wash away our sins, it's the same type of hope we need to reconnect with. So grace can keep flowing through our faith. When it keeps flowing through our faith, when we stay connected, that praise and that worship stays fresh. Hallelujah. When grace remains actively accepted, it keeps us renewed in the Holy Ghost. And our expectation for others to receive this same hope will remain ablaze. 
it will remain ablaze. You see, our expectation begins to fade a little bit. It begins to fade whenever that faith, that channel of faith, gets turned down and grace can't get through. We can't keep receive, we can't receive the grace, the unmerited favor of God because our faith, the channel, has been broken. And we have to get our hope back. We have to get the hope that says, God, you washed me. You set me free. I believe every word that has been spoken in your word. And if we will rekindle our hope and our faith in what God has done and what he can do, we will be expecting every time we meet, every time we go out and, and, and go shopping, Whatever, there will be an expectation that God can fill anyone with the Holy Ghost and God can break in at any moment. In verse 10, the priests, they were responding to an ordinance David made a long time ago. That, you know, this was part of, I guess, something that was scheduled. As part of the scheduled program. But just because something is regularly scheduled doesn't make it business as usual. When expectation is in the air. When grace is flowing fresh in our lives. A regularly scheduled Wednesday night. <laughs> becomes a moment where the power of God can manifest to renew a soul in the spirit. To heal the sick. To fill someone with the Holy Ghost for the first time. When grace is actively flowing through the channel of faith, it will cause our praise to speak in expectation. No matter what night it is. Or what usually happens. Or what was planned to happen next. No, my hope in Christ is for ill to recover. For the lame to walk. For the blind to see. For those who have been bruised to be set at liberty. For those dead in sin to find life in Christ. My praise will speak expectation. My praise will speak expectation. Hallelujah. In 3.11, to continue, we see that they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto God. The Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. If we understand what it means to have praise that speaks expectation, we will understand this next verse, this verse I just read. Up until now, we've been talking about praise that speaks, but I wonder if we've considered how praise connects with prayer. Prayer, in the most simple definition, is the source or method by which we communicate with God. In fact, prayer is all about communication. If God never spoke back, we would be talking to ourselves. Therefore, prayer is about communication and this sermon has established praise is in fact an act of communicating. What is beyond our verbal abilities, then praise can in fact become an act of prayer. 
How how might that change the way we praise? For me, it makes me want to dig deeper. It makes me want to learn how to more willingly lose myself in adoration for God and for what God has done that I am able to speak through praise what would otherwise be unable to be spoken. Here in this verse, they gathered together and began to sing praises and give thanks to God, saying, He is good for His mercy endureth forever, followed by a great shout. They used not only the trumpets that were fashioned by their hands as instruments, but the trumpet of their voice to offer God a praise from deep within. Why? Well, the reason is, is because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. See, they were going to be a nation again. Have their sins pushed back. And have communion with God again. And this particular scripture dumbfounded several scholars. They said the verse just ends and nothing more happens other than the foundation being laid. The scholars assumed that the work must have been completed during a type of time skip. But I would, I would have to disagree. I think it's perfectly logical to assume they lifted praise to God over the laying of only the foundation because of the way praise speaks. You see, more than once in a service, I have seen the foundation of something stir. More than once, I have seen the foundation of the work of the work God is going to do be laid. More than once, I felt the supernatural power of His delivering presence in the atmosphere. And those deep utterance, uh, utterances only praise can proclaim have been offered to God as prayer, proclaiming His goodness and enduring mercy. You see, we can see things happening in the spiritual world. We can see things happening in a service where a foundation is being laid that God is going to that God is going to build upon and going to finish doing something with. Hallelujah. Whenever we begin to see a, a foundation of deliverance begin to be built, that makes me want to praise God and say I believe in you for it God. I believe in you to make a way. I believe in you God to break some chains. I believe in you God for this deliverance. So my praise speaks. My praise speaks to the foundation. My praise speaks because I have seen the foundation that has been laid. I have peered into the spiritual and I have seen what God is beginning to do. Tonight we sung songs about the promise of heaven. (laughs) And I think of the foundation that I see in other people's lives. That's the ultimate. That's what God is building. That's what He has built. That's where we're going. And whenever I see repentance, when I see a person lost in prayer or in the Spirit, I see the foundation being laid. And I say, praise God for what's happening. Our praise goes... Beyond ourselves as true worshipers who are praising God. You see, because my praise is saying, is speaking, and it's praying. Just like I was explaining to you. There's sometimes I don't speak with words from my mouth for some people. Because what I feel is so deep. And so I stand by on the outskirts and I just worship God. Because I see a foundation laid. 
Because I see some, something God has started. And I know that what God has started, He's going to finish it. It's what His Word tells us. And so my praise, I lift up to God in expectation. And I thank Him. I pray through my praise. I intercede through my praise. Those who have learned to lose themselves in adoration for what God has done. And that's what it is. It's adoration. It's adoration to a God who can utterly change a life. It's adoration to God who can utterly take things and flip it on their head. It's, utter, it's, it's, it's adoration to a God that can heal wounds, that is not seen by the eye, that only a hand of a master physician that goes beyond the scope of this reality can do. These are worshipers whose praise speaks endurance in the face of resistance, shares the word of testimony to the generations, expects the extraordinary in the ordinary, and intercedes for what is to come at the laying of the foundations. We need to realize tonight that our praise communicates. And because it communicates, it can be, a, it, it can be an act of prayer. So, so, so what are you praying for? If, your prayer is, if prayer is the key to this city, what has our praise been saying lately? What family member needs salvation? Let me tell you, the foundation is laid because His mercy endures forever. What friend needs a healing? The foundation is laid because of His mighty acts. What brother or sister needs encouragement? The foundation is laid because of His excellent greatness. Will you pray? What is your praise speaking? What is your praise speaking? Hallelujah. I feel the Lord here. Can we just take a second and lift our voices to God and our hearts to God? Dear Lord, we give you thanks for your visitation right now. For what you're speaking to us. Lord, for the way your spirit is moving across our hearts. Jesus, we're hungry for you. Lord, we desire God to offer to you a praise that speaks of your enduring love, of your power, God, of your mighty acts. Jesus, a praise that speaks to the prayer of those that are lost, of those who need you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Many of the priests and Levites and chiefs of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. In this, I think that we see two types of prayer. We see the weep, we see lament and the, le- and the weeping. And lament is a type of prayer. 
and we see praise. One prayer is looking at the foundation for what it will be. And the other group is looking at the foundation for what it was. There is room for both to be heard in the congregation. You see, Lament calls upon God in desperation to remember the promises He has made. And the shout claims the promise that was made to be present and ongoing. God hears both and responds to both. If your prayer today is one of lament, God is faithful. And He will follow through on His promises. And to those who shout, one day there's a good possibility you will lament. So take a lesson from your elders of faithfulness and the testimony that their praise speaks. Remember the faithfulness of those who go before us and the God who remained faithful in the valleys and the mountains. Though we may at times express praise in different ways, we are able to learn from one another as we hear what each other's praise is speaking. With that said, let's never lose our praise. Let's take our praise to another dimension as we realize that our praise has the power to speak. Just like the priests did in Ezra, obey the 150th Psalter and praise ye the Lord. Seek Him in His majesty. Seek Him in your praise as an act of praise. When praise feels more like work, praise on. When we're gathered together, share your testimony and praise on. When there is a draw to settle into a business-as-usual mindset, praise on. When God has begun to lay a foundation, <laughs> praise on. When there are both joyful shouts and weeping laments, praise on. I'm determined that my praise declare adoration to God for what He's done in His mighty acts and excellent greatness if the music will come. This was in this building of the temple there was a cornerstone that was found that dates back to this exact temple that was built in Ezra. And on that temple or on that cornerstone, the words were inscribed, I, weep, I wept when the work began, but when it was finished, I shouted for joy. And sometimes that's how lament works. But don't let your lament um, stop at the weeping. You know, none of us can do that. Or none of us should allow ourselves to do that. Because the Bible tells us that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And those people who wept and applied their work and applied their, and applied themselves to building that temple who said at first, when the work began, I wept, but when it was done, I shouted for joy. I think that's the difference between weeping in the night and joy in the morning. When the foundation is laid, praise on.
praise on. You see, if they had refused to build, in fact, many of them wept because the stones that were used for Solomon's temple were much bigger. I mean, they were massive and, and grand. You know, something just on one of the, probably in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, um, ancient marvel type of things. In fact, Solomon's temple is a, uh, a anyway, it is a uh, ancient marvel, but just uh, no, no trace of it. But the, the, the boulders, and the foundation stones of this temple in Ezra, the, the, the elders just wept because of the quality that they were. But the Bible tells us that the stone the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. You see, if they had rejected the stones that God had provided for that second temple, if they had rejected it, they would have never seen what God was going to build with it. There wouldn't have been joy in the morning. And I want to tell you tonight that the cornerstone, the head cornerstone is Jesus. And there's been a foundation laid in each and every one of our lives. A foundation of redemption, of salvation, of healing. All across this building, God has began foundations to build upon and to see through to the end. I don't know where you're at tonight. But don't look at your foundations and reject what God has given you. Just praise on. Just praise on. Because our praise speaks. What will your praise say to God tonight? As we stand. This was a little short tonight. But I feel the Lord here. And I brought to you the word that the Lord gave me to bring to you. And I just wonder if before we leave here tonight, if we could just find someone. Actually, let's just bow our heads tonight and pray one last prayer. Dear Jesus.